Good to see you all. Uh, good to be back. Um, I will, I'm going to jump right in and get started with the meditation and have a little more engagement and, and introduction once I start the reflections. Okay. So actually, I'll start with the words of the Buddha. So the Buddha says, do not believe anything just because I've said it, because a great elder said it, because you read or heard it in a sacred text. Put it into practice. See for yourself what is true. Now, this is a really a paraphrasing of the words of the Buddha from a sutta called the Kalama Sutta, where he advises in that sutta that the words of the wise should be heeded and taken into account, but that one's own direct experience should be called upon in a personal testing to identify those truths which are verifiably reduce one's suffering, suffering that will verifiably reduce one's suffering. So within, within our meditation practice, right, we have several meditation objects that we use. Oftentimes, you know, there's attention to the breath or sounds or um, sensations or feelings. The object of the meditation ultimately is less important than your relationship with the object. So bringing a curiosity and a kindness and a gentleness is more important. It's important to cultivate the resting of attention on an object whether it's the breath or body, or sounds or thoughts, resting there and knowing clearly where and how it feels. So with that, I invite you as you're ready, I invite you to come into presence and finding in your posture a balance between relaxation and ease, uprightness and alertness. Gently closing your eyes if that's comfortable, unclenching the jaw, lowering, raising and lowering the shoulders, softening the belly, an inner smile, outer smile never hurts. And see if you can let your attention open to sounds to bring in this sense of openness and receptivity. So connecting with and resting in any sounds could be a, a hum or current of something in the background of your environment, could be the sound of my voice. And now connecting with sensations arising and passing in the body, noticing perhaps a, a softening or spreading, tightness, a warmth, coolness, tingling, whatever sensations are present. Let's connect with the body sitting. And of course, this can be done lying down or standing as well. Notice breathing, expanding and contracting almost like a balloon. And we can... Also connect with the warm or cool air at one of the anchors, the nostrils, the rise and fall at the chest or at the belly. And we just settle into this steady knowing of that experience, whatever that experience is, moment after moment. Just sit and know you're sitting.
If other experiences come in that naturally draw your attention, we let those experiences become the new focus of mindful awareness. Doing so with the receptive, almost listening posture, curious, gentle, tender, compassionate. the mind gets caught up by thoughts or stories, we can always gently draw attention to the breath, or the breath in the body, the expanding and contracting of the body, sensations coming and going in the body, sounds arising and passing. Just sit and know you're sitting.
sit and know the skillful means of finding the breath and resting there if confusion sets in, or resting in sensations of the body or sounds happening. Know the skillful means of resting in awareness, allowing whatever to come and go. Just sit and know you're sitting.
And now for these last few minutes, we'll practice a little metta. And seeing if you can bring attention to the heart center and bringing to mind someone, could be yourself, someone easy, an easy being. Someone that perhaps brings a smile to your face that you've had a lovely conversation with or time with or memory, a loved one, an ancestor, and bringing them to mind, to the mind's eye, to the heart center, and just offering them some well wishes of loving kindness, of goodwill, of benevolence, friendliness, love. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe and protected. May you live with ease and well-being. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe and protected. May you live with ease and well-being. And not searching deeply for someone, just a being that easily comes up. It's been easy to be with. Or yourself, of course. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. May you be safe and protected. May you live with ease and well-being. And may you awaken and be free. As you feel called, you can gently open the eyes, reposition the body, and I'll share the merit. All conditioned things arise and pass away. Knowing this deeply brings about the greatest happiness. Thank you all for your practice. Thank you for your practice, everyone. Good morning, BIPOC people. There's no coffee and tea in my house, so I'm trying to to roll with it. So I'm happy, really happy to gather with you all again in this um, this shared journey of practice, where we get to engage really at this intersection of all of our individual paths. 
And it's right here at this nexus of our experiences that we get to explore some of these profound teachings of the Dhamma, these teachings that are that that really serve to remind us of our innate capability for capacity for compassion, wisdom, and liberation. So last week I was inspired by a conversation that I had with the podcaster Biko Lightman on a podcast called Come Through Black Sheep. Come Through Black Sheep. And it was just after that episode where we had, we talked actually a little bit in the episode, um, something about Baldwin. I mentioned something about James Baldwin. And we had a chance to talk a little bit after the, the podcast about our mutual passion of the works of James Baldwin. And it inspired me to give this reflection. So this will be the first time that I've done it. I was working on a couple of things. What's, what's been most present for me lately has been the confusion as to what to talk about. And what keeps coming up <laughs> that I haven't done in most places is either James Baldwin or Luther Vandross. <laughs> so you get the James Baldwin uh, Dharma talk. And next time I'll go for the house is not a home. Uh, Luther Vandross Dharma talk that's coming together. So I can't wait to present that to you. <laughs> So the reflection really will take a look at the, the words and uh, quote of one of our most courageous truth tellers, James Baldwin. So Baldwin wrote the following quote that's from, I'm pretty sure it's from the fire next time. Um, and you're probably all familiar with it from various Dharma talks. And the quote is, love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and we know we cannot live within. I use the word love here, not merely in the personal sense, but in, but as a state of being or a state of grace, not in the infantile American sense of being made happy, but in the tough and universal sense of quest and daring and growth. So that's the entirety of the quote. And oftentimes you'll hear love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. And this quote speaks of love, a concept central to the understanding of the Dhamma and foundational on the path towards awakening. And Baldwin's love is not a fleeting sentiment and neither is it just an adjective that's describing some ephemeral emotion. Instead, he's referring to love as a state of being, a force so transformative that it is capable of unmasking us, of revealing the truth beneath our carefully constructed personas. This, for me, this unveiling is an act of courage. It's an undertaking that's really born out of a desire for authenticity and vulnerability. It's often born out of suffering. And BIPOC folk know this flavor of suffering all too well, right? It's, this is the pain of invisibility, of stereotypes, of discrimination. And our masks are sometimes created for survival, crafted out of a necessity in a world that often fails to acknowledge our full humanity. We become, or we can become experts at concealing parts of ourselves, at presenting an acceptable facade out of fear of being isolated or rejected or misunderstood or worse. 
And Baldwin prompts us in this quote to recognize this condition and challenge us to go further. The act of removing these masks, he implies, is a deeply spiritual journey. It's an act of love, a love so powerful that it transcends the personal and transforms into a state of grace, a universal truth that empowers growth and daring. In the Buddha Dhamma, this love is akin to metta, or loving kindness, a foundational practice and tenet that encourages the cultivation of boundless, selfless love towards all being without exception. Now, this is a love that extends beyond the narrow confines of ourself, reaches out to touch all aspects of life and existence, It is precisely this love that can help us overcome the fear, the pain, the suffering that our masks try to hide. And don't get it twisted, right? So yet, Baldwin's conception of love isn't a promise of constant joy or an an assurance of some painless existence. Baldwin's love is not simply about being happy or being made happy. His words echo the Buddha's teachings on dukkha, commonly what we commonly translate as suffering or dissatisfaction or stress. And the Buddha taught that in life, there is dukkha, there is suffering. It is an inescapable truth, an inescapable truth of existence. And our mask, in many ways, are a response to this truth an attempt to shield ourselves from the harshness of the world to protect our vulnerabilities. But the Buddha didn't stop at the acknowledgement of suffering. He also taught us about the path leading to the end of the cessation of suffering. It's called the Eightfold Path. And this path, like Baldwin's state of grace, demands daring, growth, and a continuous quest for understanding. And it's not an easy road, but it's a clearly lit path that leads to liberation. Now, as this quote has been used in Dharma circles, often Baldwin um, is inviting us on a similar journey. He encourages us to engage with our suffering, with our fear, to understand it, to go through it, to transform it. And this requires this brave examination of our own experiences and unflinching look at our own conditioned responses and our own biases, our perception, and yes, these masks that we often wear. It really requires a a fearless embrace of our humanity and all of its complexities and all of its contradictions and all of its nuances. And it requires that we do so not only in isolation, but in the recognition of our interconnectedness with all beings. And this interconnectedness or interbeing is at the heart of Buddhist philosophy. My first root teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, often spoke of it as this realization that we are 
quote unquote, all, we are all made of stars and understanding that we're all intricately connected to each other and to the universe. And recognizing this allows us to see the deep impact that we actually have on each other's lives and how our liberation is bound together. As BIPOC folk, as as people of color, we're particularly adept at understanding this concept. Our histories are interwoven with the narratives of migration and displacement, colonization, struggle, but also resistance and resilience and innovation and community. So our collective journeys reveal the transformative power of love in and of themselves, of a shared struggle for justice, for equity, for equality, for dignity. So when we lean into this shared wisdom, Baldwin's concept of love actually guides us. His love is a courageous love, one that doesn't shy away from acknowledging the woundedness, the traumas in our world or within ourselves. His love understands that the road to healing and wholeness demands the strength to face our most profound fears, to remove our masks and to truly see ourselves and each other. Engaging in this process, we very very well may run up on a variety of emotions, pain, anger, grief, despair. And these emotions, while at times difficult or challenging, are not signs of some brokenness or failure, but really are a testament to our own humanity, our capacity to feel, to care, and to love. And as we navigate this journey, as we navigate this practice, we can have the support of mindfulness in the Buddha Dhamma realm and meditation practices. These are powerful tools that enable us to stay present with our experiences, to bear witness to our suffering, to see the wisdom in the wound, and to transform it. Through the practice, we learn to hold space for ourselves and others with compassion, cultivating an environment that encourage, that encourages the unmasking that Baldwin is talking about. Like mindfulness in the Buddha Dhamma realm, this unmasking is not a one-time event, but it's a continuous process, a commitment to living in integrity, authentically, truthfully, lovingly. And this continuous unveiling allows us to connect more deeply with ourselves, with each other, and with this world around us. It propels us towards growth, 
It dares us to step into unknown territories, to explore new perspectives, to challenge the age-old tropes and assumptions, habits and patterns. And as we grow, as we dare, we embody the love that that Baldwin speaks of. We become these beacons of change, not only within our own lives, but within our communities. Our unmasking becomes a powerful act of defiance, pointing to the inherent worth and dignity, a celebration of our own shared humanity. And of course, this journey is not without its challenges. At times, the weight of the mask, the depth of our fears, the scale of our struggles may seem overwhelming or is overwhelming. And we remember, as the Buddha taught, we are not alone in our suffering. And more importantly, there is a path to the cessation of suffering. We have within us this infinite capacity for love, courage, and resilience. And of course, by Paksanga, we have each other. A community bound together by a shared history, bound together by shared experiences, bound together by shared dreams. So let us commit to this journey of love. And I'm actually quite being quite deliberate in saying love versus meta, um, because I'm talking about love, the inclusion of all those things of meta. So let's commit to that journey of love, to the daring quest of growth and liberation. And let us remember Baldwin's words and use them as a guiding light as we navigate this path of the Dhamma. In the end, it is love, the love that unites us, the love that unveils us, the love that transforms us, that holds the key to our collective liberation and is a catalyst for our individual awakening. And once we close the gathering today, I encourage each of you to reflect on your math on your fears, on your strengths, and recognize the courage it takes to confront these elements and seek growth. Embrace the love within and around you. For it is through this love that we will find the strength to live authentically, to be our true selves, to unmask. You may consider or explore in the spirit of mindfulness, think about the ways that you can nurture this love in your daily life, right? We're not looking for perfection here, but just clear intention, aspiration and clear intention. How can you extend this love to yourself in moments of struggle? How can you extend it to others in moments of misunderstanding? How can you use this love as a beacon of hope in times of despair? Baldwin's love, this profound state of grace, also speaks to our capacity for transformative action. As we strip away the mask, 
we don't just reveal our individual truths, but we also shine a light on the collective truths of our communities. We illuminate or begin to illuminate the systemic injustices that persist, the prejudices that continue to create division and pain. And importantly, or more importantly, we expose the, expose the areas where we can act, where we can instigate change. And we do that and love becomes a catalyst propelling us towards creating a more equitable, compassionate world. It's a transformative journey, this path of love that I believe inevitably brings us into the realm of the spiritual where the mundane meets the divine, where the individual converges with the universal. And as we journey together, we tap into a reservoir of wisdom, right? There's a wisdom democracy that, that, that um, Bonnie Duran speaks of at times that stretches back through time, that unites us with our ancestors and connects us to our descendants. In this process, we're reminded that our struggles, our stories are part of a larger quilt, a larger tapestry, a continuum of humanity's shared quest for understanding of liberation and love. We're part of an ongoing narrative that celebrates resilience in the face of adversity courage in the face of fear, love in the face of hate. So again, I invite you to explore this powerful journey to dare to remove your mask, to step into the brave space of vulnerability and to embark on the transformative quest. I believe Baldwin's quote, his words provide us with a roadmap guiding us on a path filled with Trials and triumphs, trials and tribulations, challenges and victories. It is this daring to face ourselves and the world around us as we grow, that we evolve, that we become truly embodied. And it's through this journey of becoming embodied that we discover the depth of our capacity for love. And in doing so, we find our way to liberation and we contribute to the potential liberation of others. Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and know we cannot live within. Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and no, we cannot live within. I use the word love here, not merely in the personal sense, but as a state of being or a state of grace, not in the infantile American sense of being made happy, but in the tough and universal sense of quest, daring, and growth. May we embrace this love that Baldwin speaks of as a state of being, a state of grace. May we let it embody us, in our actions, carry it in our heart, spread it in our communities, and let us remember that our quest, our daring, and our growth are powered by this profound love, a love that unites, heals, and liberates.
May we continue to walk together, guided by love, towards a future of collective liberation. Love takes off the mask that we fear we cannot live without and we know we cannot live within. May the goodness and depth of our intentions serve to cultivate actions of generosity, of kindness, and compassion, leading to freedom within and freedom for our communities, our ancestors and descendants, both blood and spiritual, across the three times to beings known and unknown in all the directions and in all the world. Thank you for your practice. Thank you all. So I'm curious about, well, actually happy to take any um, questions and comments, but I'm, I'm curious about how you extend love to yourself in moments of misunderstanding and how you are able to extend love to yourself or others in moments of despair. I'm curious about your math. Which mask do you wear? When is that mask not present? Curious about any and all of that and happy to take any other questions as well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.